The premise of this series is this idea that we are declaring war uh, against the worst version of ourself, against the dark corners that are in everyone's life that could be holding us back from God's very best for our life. Uh, I want to just keep reminding you that God loves you, and I know that sounds simple, but He really does, and He wants you to love yourself. Um, and so this isn't a declare war against yourself, I hate myself, kind of, don't even say those words. But I think we all know there are things that are in our lives that if we could make an adjustment, uh, it could take us to another level. It could take us to a better place in, in our life. And so we're marrying grace and truth. That's what Jesus came to do, right? To bring us into grace and truth. And when you can marry grace and truth, uh, you can walk in freedom. You can have a free spirit. So when, when grace would say, I'm going to love myself the way God loves me. Come on, grace. But truth says, I'm also going to love myself enough to declare war on the things that keep sabotaging the abundant life that God wants me to live. And, and we're not doing this like to earn God's approval because we already have God's approval. We just, you know, received communion today and a beautiful moment where we're recognizing what Jesus has done for us. And we're not, we're not, we're not getting this stuff straightened out to somehow earn the approval of God. You've got that. Jesus has paid the price for that to already take place. And we're not doing it to earn anybody else's approval, Right. But we're doing this, we're declaring war on areas of our life that could be sabotaging us so that we can become the best version of me <laughs> that I could possibly be. So today, I want to talk about something that I think is so fundamentally powerful in all of our life. And we're going to talk about this idea of the battle in your brain. Anybody ever have a battle go on in their brain? Come on. Yeah, we know you do. Waging war on those thoughts that are not helping us. Waging war on our way of thinking. Uh, waging war on those crazy thoughts that arise in every one of us. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says this. As a man thinks within himself, so he is. As a, the, the word think in Hebrew means to calculate or to reckon. As a man or a woman calculates what happens to them in life, calculates who they are, reckons who they are, the way you calculate, the way you add things up, Somebody today said, oh, I lost an hour of sleep. But somebody else said, I get an extra hour of sunshine. That's how you calculate it. And the, the, this idea of, of the way you think within yourself, that's the way you are. You're happy because you choose to be. You're grumpy because you choose to be. You walk in faith 
because you reckon things that way. You figure it out from the place of faith. You walk in doubt and fear and anxiety because of the way you think about it. I can't tell you how important I feel like this idea is. The way we think is the way we are. You don't see the world as it is. You see the world as you are. The lens that you're looking out through, the way you interpret, the narrative you tell yourself, the the disposition you take, that's why there are things that keep repeating over and over and over in your life, and yet you look at somebody else and it doesn't seem to happen to them, but it keeps happening to you over and over and over again. And the beautiful thing is you are not a tree, you're not a dog, amen, you're not an evolved monkey, you can change. And the beauty of of the ability to choose the way you think, you either can look at everything that comes across the screen of your life from a victory standpoint, I'm going to see a victory. I was singing it to myself while I was fighting through that communion thing. I couldn't get the little peel off. And I kept saying, I'm going to see a victory. I'm just going to, I'm going to persevere. Uh, this is going to happen for me. Come on. Uh, so <laughs> you could be a, you, you, could, you could have this idea that I'm just a victim. It's like nothing seems to work out for me. You could go through life joyful. You could go through life downcast. You could go through life positive. You could go through life negative. You could go through life saying, the world is full of opportunities. Or you could go through life thinking, everybody is out to get me. You could go through a life full of faith or full of fear. And every one of us has patterns of thinking, operating systems that are within us. The Bible calls them strongholds. And when the strongholds are not in alignment with God's word, they hold us back from God's very best for our lives. So even though you meet people and they appear normal, Everybody is normal till you get to know them. <laughs> but I'm saying there's not a person in this room that is not fighting some kind of battle in their head and asking the questions, am I good enough? Do I really have what it takes? Would, would God really bless me there's people in this room that think have I just blown it I mean have I just like totally ruined my life there's people in this room that even wonder in the back of their brain I know I hear about forgiveness but could I ever really be forgiven for that could could that just be part of my past and move on 
There's people in this room, I know, you're thinking, if, if people really knew me, would they really love me? Everybody's got these battles going on in their brain. And the Bible is so clear about uh, how this battle is taking place. And 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says this, verse 3, Though we walk in the flesh, walk in the natural, we don't war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh or of the natural, but they are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses or strongholds. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing that's raised up against the knowledge of God, and we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So, so, this passage is telling us that we all have thoughts that we turn into our reasoning, and that eventually becomes our stronghold. It eventually becomes the thing that runs our life. And the Bible says it's lofty things that are raised up against the knowledge of God. So God says, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. But your thoughts can go, yeah, but I mess up. The, the Bible can say, God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. But we're going, I don't know how this is going to work out for me. It might work out for them, but it doesn't work out for me. And I could go on and on in the list of all that, but I just want to remind us that we are in a war. Uh, and you might say, I don't like the idea of being at war. I'm sorry. <laughs> the war has already been declared against you. There is a devil who wants to steal, kill, and destroy in your life, but there is a God who is far greater than the devil. And there are, there are promises that he gives to us. So yes, there is a battle that's going on outside of us. Yes, there are spiritual forces at work in the heavenly places. Yes, there are issues that arise, but I'm, I'm saying to you, the biggest battle that can make the most difference is the battle that's going on in your brain. The battle that matters the most in determining you entering into God's very best is really happening in your head. That's what 2 Corinthians 10 is telling us. The thoughts you think, how you think, what you think, what you think about, and your thinking eventually becomes your choices. Your thinking 
eventually becomes your emotions. Your thinking eventually becomes your behavior. So every one of us has these these patterns of thinking, these strongholds, these operating systems that they, they so run our lives that we don't even realize how much they affect us. We don't realize the impact they're having on our life. So you have thoughts that you've learned and maybe you didn't learn them from the best place. But maybe you did. You have thoughts that you just made up. I heard a guy talking about how he had given his life to Christ, but before he did, he always told everyone he was an atheist. And a friend of his who was a believer said, well, like what part of the Bible do you disagree with? And he goes, I don't know, I've never read the Bible. So he made up a concept about life on his own. You have thoughts that your family fed to you. You have thoughts that the culture that you grew up in fed to you. You have thoughts that you just buy in if you sit in front of the news. You have worldly thoughts. You have coping with life thoughts. This is how I make sense of what's happening. And so the collection of all of those thoughts have built into you your reasonings. This is why Democrats are so stupid. This is why (laughs) Republicans are so stupid. There we go. (laughs) this is this is what men are like this is what women are like and we've all built them up so how you think and what you think about God is God really for you or is he kind of ticked off Does he really give you a covenant built on promise rather than a covenant built on commands and obedience? Am I really right with God because of the grace of God or am I right because I've performed well this week? How, How you think about risk? Do you just play it safe all the time or know that playing it safe all the time is, might be the biggest risk. How you think about money? Do you think there's a lot of money? Do you think money's hard to get? Amen. <laughs> Do you think you're always going to struggle with money? Do you think when the church starts talking about paying tithe, that's something in you goes, what you talking about, Willis? 
how you think about authority. Authority wants to take advantage of me. Or authority could bring great blessing into my life. It's your pattern. It's your thinking. It's the way you respond. As you listen to this message, everybody's got their operating system going on right now while I'm talking. And you're processing. And there's somebody going, that pastor, Kirk, is so smart. And then there's somebody else going, who does he think he is? How you think about politics. Doesn't it amaze you? I mean, do you ever stop to think about, like, there are things that I believe about politics, and then I think, see somebody else who has an entirely different approach, and I'm going, how do you reach that conclusion? But I know they're looking at me going, how do you reach that conclusion? How you think about sex. I know some of you do think about it. (laughs) Hello. How you think about sexuality. Can you just make up your mind what gender you want to be? I'm having fun with this. I don't know. I can tell some of you are squirming, but that's okay. Because I'm just making a point. How you think about men. They're just all after one thing, you know. How you think about women. They just want to run your life. How you think about church. I don't need church. I don't need to belong to a spiritual family. How you think about discipline, like self-discipline. How you think about fun, what's fun, what's not. Is it even allowable to have fun? I'm just saying, all of us have a stronghold somewhere that holds us back from God's very best for our lives. So you very well could have a stronghold of poverty that makes you so afraid to ever give away from yourself because you're afraid, what if I do? Is there going to be anything else left? Some, Some people have a stronghold of rejection. They're just waiting For somebody to do something, say something. Yep, I told you, that's the way they always are. Some people have a stronghold of fear. It's like everything that happens, they're just... Some people have a stronghold of rebellion. It's like they can't just play team. They can't, they're hard to work with. They can't ever find a church because they can't just say, I'm going to play on a team. There are some people that, are, that have a stronghold of contention. It's like they don't know how to operate unless they're being contentious. 
and I'm not picking on anybody when I say this, but I just saw this article that the Dixie Chicks are putting another album out. The, the last album was like 10 years ago, but in the article, they're talking about how the lead singer for the Dixie Chicks is now on a rampage against President Trump and just letting him have it over and over. And I'm thinking, hello, what, what sunk you guys 10 years ago was that you were against President Bush. It's like, so just take the name out, put somebody else in, and you've got to fight with them. And some people are just fighting, always contentious, can't get along. Some people have, some people have a, a stronghold of insecurity, right? And I'm going to say, if you could have a negative stronghold, you could also have a positive stronghold. Come on, right? So you, instead of being grumpy, you could be a person that's full of joy. When your heart is full of joy, every day is a feast, Proverbs 15 says. But sometimes you got to choose because, but to the downcast, every day is a day of trouble. So it, what's happening is not what's happening out there, it's what's happening in here. So what if you built a positive stronghold of joy or of peace or of confidence or of abundance? So you could have an operating system that just leads you into doubt or one that leads you into faith. You could have an operating system, a stronghold that, that leads you into worry or one that leads you into peace. Peace passes understanding. You don't figure things out to get to peace. Peace is a different commodity. You could have a stronghold of, of sorrow or, or of joy, of insecurity or of confidence. You could, you could have a stronghold of, a, I'm just going to hang tight and hold on to the end. Or you could have a stronghold that says, I'm just going to keep moving forward. You could have a stronghold that's negative or a stronghold that's positive. And I, I love one of the things that Levi Lusco said in his book. He said, you got to... You got to have positive thinking, not as a replacement for God, but as a response to God. Norman Vincent Peale said years ago, if you change your thoughts, you can change your world. Your, your thoughts influence and affect every arena of your life because your thoughts eventually become action and action eventually becomes habit and habit eventually becomes your destiny and it it can either happen for the positive or the negative and so let me just look at a, a few passages of scripture i'm not going to take a long on any one of them but i just want you to see the bible talks a lot about this 
Because I think sometimes people go, oh, no, 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 it's not about that, it's about the heart. It's not an either or. It's a both and. And the Bible has a lot to say about your thoughts, about your mind, about your mindset. Ephesians 4 verse 22 says, in reference to your former manner of life, lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. And this is, this is often in the New Testament. Several times it says, lay aside the old, like take off the old self and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, in the framework of your mind. Put on the new self. I think putting on the new self, who you are in Christ, has a lot to do with aligning your mindset to the promise of God for your life. So, what is your mind set to? Like, what is your mindset? Colossians 3 says, Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking. Come on. I've been doing this for 45 years, like full on for 45 years, and I'm still uncovering stuff that I have to go, i got to think better about this. i got to think more biblically about this. I've got to align with God's promise in a better way than I do now. I've got to declare war. <laughs> Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God, and when Christ, who is our life, is revealed, you also will be revealed with him in glory. It's, it's a mindset. Set your mind on things above. So no matter what Jesus has done for you or wants to give to you, if your mindset is wrong, it all lies dormant. Now, I've used this illustration many times in the past, but I think it's, it's one of the best ways that I get to understand. Right now, in this room, there's the, the waves of dozens of radio stations playing around. Playing on. You, could, you could tune in to Christian radio. You could turn into classical music radio. You could tune into hard rock, 70s, 60s, 80s, 90s. You could, you could turn, tune into rap. You could turn into country. You could... You could turn into talk radio. But the truth is, you're only going to hear 
the station you've tuned to. So to go, every time I turn on the radio, all I hear is country music and I hate it. You could change the station. So what you can hear is what you're aware of. What your mindset is. So what station is your mind tuned to? AM? FM? XM? Pandora? Spotify? I remember back in the day when I used to listen to the radio, you'd have radio presets. And I think every one of us has presets that we just go to. We don't even think about it. We just go there. I think every one of us has a playlist that's just running in. Why is everybody always picking on me? (laughs) A mindset is the way your mind is set. It's the station you're tuned to. It's like a radio station. And so, consciously, things come across the screen, but we're not dialed in. On our mindset, the, like the storage of all the emotions and beliefs that we put together, our memories, our skills, and every time some, uh, uh, something comes across the screen, it's being filtered by this operating system. Your, your, your subconscious, if you will. It's your mindset. It's your, it's your belief system. It's your BS. <laughs> belief system. Come on. See, some of you just set wrong. Just set wrong. Ephesians 3, verse 16, the Apostle Paul is praying that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner man. Everybody say inner man. Your inner man. Because if your inner man, your operating system, your mindset, your stronghold is not in agreement with what's coming across the screen, with the station that's coming across, eventually we'll just all fall back. That's why people who have money problems almost always have money problems. That's why people who have relationship issues always have relationship issues. That's why, that's why people who can't seem to get ahead always can't seem to get ahead. And I'm not saying to to make anybody feel bad, what I'm saying is that you can change. You can renew your mind. You can be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I'm I'm a big uh, fan of uh, Apple products. I had a MacBook Pro that I have had for years is indestructible. And 
that thing, I just used it and used it and used it and used it and used it. But finally, it got to the point where I couldn't upgrade to any of the new programs or fresh programs because my operating system was so old that it wouldn't accept new upgrade. I think a lot of us, I loved that computer and I held on to that thing till the finally I just had to go, this is not going to work anymore. And I think sometimes we hold on to past coping systems because it's still running, kind of. And it, it helps us survive, but no upgrade can come into our life. Our operating system, our mindset, our subconscious, our, our, our thoughts can't receive it. I want to pray with you today. I want you to bow your heads, please, and close your eyes. I got a lot more to say, but I'm out of time. But I want to, I want to pray. This isn't the kind of thing that prayer resolves, but it's a step. And so, Father, I'm praying for every person in this room, even as we are in this moment together as a spiritual family to say, Lord, we want the lights to come on. We want to see what's holding us back from the very best that you have intended for our life. Father, where there are old operating systems, old mindsets, where we could take off the old and put on the new, Lord, I pray every person in this room has an awakening, not just figuring it out, but by the power of the Holy Spirit revealing. With your head bowed, your eyes closed, let me just take a minute. Sometimes the move to surrender completely to Jesus is the biggest battle that many people face. And maybe you're here today and you would look at your life and say, I, I, I need to make that move. I, I want to surrender my life fully to Jesus. Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe there was a day that you could look back to and say, oh, this is when I used to really be close to God, but I know I'm not there now. What a great day for you to come home to this incredible Father who loves you so much. Or maybe you just feel unsure about where you stand. But right now, in this moment, you say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I, I, wanna, I just wanna take that step. I wanna surrender to Jesus. Or I know I need to come back to him. Or I wanna know for sure I'm right with God. Would you pray with me? If that speaks to you, would you just lift your hand and say, that's me, would you pray for me? Come on, God bless you right here. God bless you right here. God bless you. Come on, anybody else, just in a moment, of just honesty, not, not a call, get your act together, just a call to surrender to Jesus. Anybody else? 
Let's all pray this prayer together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I want you in my life, in my world, as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I know I've messed up. But I come to the cross where you've paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start and a new beginning as I surrender to Jesus. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.